This is Straight from the Source podcast. Everything you need to know about the apparel industry. From two insiders working on the sourcing side and the brand side. Whether you are in design, merchandising, retail, or production, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Fatima, and I am the founder and CEO of Ethical and Sustainable Sourcing. Our goal in life is to connect brands with the best type of manufacturers who are sustainable, who are ethical, and who are giving you top-notch products. And here with me is my fabulous co-host, Gio. Hi, G. Hello, Fatima. I'm so happy to be here. I have experience on both the brand and production uh, supplier side. Um, a background in fabric, color, and product development, and I'm also an educator on those topics. I've worked with both Madewell and Urban Outfitters. Fab. So the topic that's been on everyone's mind on the apparel side lately has been the tariff wars in China, or with China rather, Mm -hmm. and what is the impact of that on the apparel industry. So to kick us off, Gio, what is the mood and the sentiment around brands and how are they receiving this message, especially now that 15% of the tariffs have already gone into effect? One at least now we have kind of that certainty because the tariffs have gone into effect. But up until now, it has been just very stressful and chaotic. Are they going to go into effect? They were coming down. Now they're back up. It was a lot. People were updating their landed costs like on a weekly basis, which is tough when you're planning your production line. That's true. I have heard people say, you know, a a lot of the brands have initially had to ingest the cost because the tariffs came as a bit of a surprise and they have commitments to their manufacturers and they have set prices for the buyers as well for their products. So there was nowhere to, in the interim, put that cost. Mm -hmm. So a lot of brands really felt that effect right away and especially for the smaller brands, some of whom have even laid people off. Eating the cost is definitely one way uh, brands have decided to deal with these tariffs, but there are others, Uh, especially some of the larger brands have kind of almost pushed some of the cost really onto the suppliers. Even some of the mid-sized brands have done it in more of a partnership way. Can you help us out for this one season, these unforeseen costs? Um, I know with one company I was working with, um, almost every single supplier except for one out of China did do that. Um, But there were also other ways of dealing with um, these added costs as well. One of these ways is pushing it onto the consumer through increasing your retail. So that's very interesting. And if you really look holistically, about 90% of the apparel industry is going to be affected by this. But if you dig a little deeper, it's going to be women who are affected more and low-income households that are being affected more. So not everyone is bearing the cost and not everyone is bearing the cost fairly and proportionately. So this might actually have somewhat of an impact on the bottom line for brands over the next few years unless they make some changes. Definitely. And one thing to remember is um, as much as we want to blame the current administration for this situation. Um, This is kind of accelerating what has been a long-term trend in the industry as China's labor costs have been increasing 
in double digits for multiple years at this point. And the tendency has been to shift production from China to kind of more emerging and developing countries with more competitive labor costs. That's, that's very true. You know, before we go into some of the strategies that we can use to combat some of the effects of tariffs, I do want to mention something about India that I found very interesting. There's also a lot of uncertainty in India right now, too, because unlike a lot of the other sourcing hubs, say Bangladesh, Cambodia, Vietnam, those countries are middle to low income countries. India is actually considered a superpower or emerging superpowers, depending on who you ask. And now there's a lot of fear that, okay, if it happened to China, maybe next it's going to happen to India. So from the brand side, at least some of the people that I'm speaking to and some of the clients that I work with, there's a lot of hesitancy to go into India. So the big winners out in this race might really be Vietnam, Cambodia, Bangladesh, and some in Ethiopia even. So if we start looking at strategies to combat the tariff, let's start with the first one since we're already talking about other hubs, which is diversifying your manufacturing base. So working with Cambodia, I think Cambodia so far has come out the big winner, Cambodia and Vietnam, because they have a good reputation and it's therefore an easier sell-in internally to move your production there. However, the slight disadvantage to both Cambodia and Vietnam, in my opinion, Gio, and tell me if you agree or disagree, Mm -hmm. is that they're not quite as mature. So their productivity rates aren't as high as a China or a Bangladesh or an India, and they don't have as much raw materials at their disposal. So now, if you had more of an integrated local supply chain, you kind of have to take a step back and rebuild it a little bit. That's the disadvantage of Cambodia and Vietnam. Well, a lot of these markets, as you said, are less mature, and that means multiple things. Uh, One of the main things that will affect the smaller and mid-sized brands is a lot of these factories in Vietnam and Cambodia are not set up to take small orders or even medium-sized orders sometimes. Right, right. Um, The capital investment and the way they're set up require these larger unit volumes. Um, So that's one area that definitely has been affected by the fact that they are less mature markets. And that, if we go down this road and if we think this out, this really affects the small brands. This affects the high-end brands that not only are producing at a smaller volume, but also have more embellishment, more thread counts, more embroidery. Those are the types of brands that I think if I was part of, I would actually be quite worried right now about exactly where and how to diversify. In terms of Bangladesh and India, they're just much more mature and they have local supplies of raw material, so that's really a big plus for them. However, India, as I mentioned earlier, has the uncertainty of perhaps the tariffs are going there next. Bangladesh has a somewhat of a reputational issue at this point, even though after 2012, 2013, it's been a while and they have really made substantive changes to improve production conditions, labor conditions, infrastructure, and it's really quite good. However, it might be a difficult sell internally to try and move your production there. Um, I think that is almost more of a U.S.-specific uh, issue. Yes. Um, Bangladesh has made a name of 
for itself, especially with um, knitwear and especially with um, the fast fashion European brands who were mm-hmm. kind of the first to move production over there. And really invest. So part of it now, one of the strategies is to diversify. You just have to really figure out what your product niche is and also work with your manufacturers, help them really develop the lines that you need. And unfortunately, this is usually a long-term plan and normally this takes eight months to a year so i can understand the frustrations brands are experiencing but this in the long term is a good strategy look outside of china look to diversify and i think larger brands are already diversified so they're feeling it but they're feeling it slightly less it's really the mid to smaller brands that are most affected by this tariff the second strategy that you can employ to sort of help mitigate the costs. But I have to warn you, G, this is a complicated one Mm -hmm. and not everyone can do it. So if you are using an agent, you can set it up in a way where your agent is the first buyer and your agent has to be based out of the United States and is the first buyer from your manufacturer. And that total cost amount is the amount that will be tariffed. And then they sell it back to you. So you're the second stop in that. Now that there's usually about an eight or 10% difference in prices between what your agent is buying from the manufacturer to what your agent is selling you. However, as you can imagine, this is administratively very, very complex. And usually agents don't play this role. And you really have to have a lot of buy-in from your partners and this may be possible for some brands but some brands also don't use agents so this is not really a real possibility for them the third is if you are manufacturing most of it in china and manufacturing part of it in another country and bringing it in however you have to be very careful about what percentage of your end product is being manufactured from the country where your goods are being shipped from to the United States. Again, very, very, very complicated and could potentially even be illegal if you are not careful about the percentage. Mm. So lots to think about there. Definitely. Um, Those strategies, I would say, are a little bit on the riskier side. there are some simpler ones as well like you can set up a china vendor um to have factories in another country of origin such as the philippines or cambodia so that you don't have to move your styles to or your core programs to a new vendor you just need to work with the same vendor through their new country of origin factory yeah so lots to consider here i suppose from our discussion we would say in the short run it's going to be difficult and expensive in the long run these tariffs just won't be sustainable especially because we know the tariff amount is going to go up so we suggest diversification and we suggest diversifying to a market that has local fabric and local yarn and local fiber supply as well that's going to be crucial in keeping your short-term costs down because it's already going to be expensive to shift your production with that being said i would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in and give us your feedback if you liked it let us know if you hated it let us know and please tune in next time 
Thank you, and it's been a pleasure.